Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 28th. It's the last day of February. You guys, moment of silence. Where did February go? Well, I am, I'm excited today because Monday, you guys heard my friend Ann Dunnigan back on the podcast with me, which would normally have been Mailbox Monday. Uh, but because my family's been wrestling through the flu, um, I decided to go ahead and just uh, push that one forward so it would give me another day to sort of recuperate and get my kids on the mend. And uh, we're doing a whole lot better over here. So I'm going to go ahead and tackle some of your questions here at Mailbox Wednesday. <laughs> so if uh, if you've been needing some encouragement with parenting, particularly where it comes to uh, engaging with your children and the culture, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I have been going through some of my letters about uh, that come into me at podcast at the Busy Mom. So if you're not familiar with Mailbox Monday, typically I realize this is Wednesday, but typically how that works is that um, I go through. I go through and I, I categorize your emails as they come to me. So if you have a question that you would like to see answered over at the Busy Mom Podcast, shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. I also want to point out before I tackle your questions, and I'm going to try to get to three of them today, So, um, but they all kind of have to do with the same thing. But I wanted to let you know that today is the last day of February, and that means that tomorrow is the first day of March, and that means that we have a brand new scripture writing challenge um, coming up for you. And I, uh, if you're already a member of MomStar International, it's already there. You can already see it. But I wanted to let you know that I'm going to be changing a little bit of the format over at MomStrong International. So we've been doing weekly studies for you that correspond with the scripture writing challenge. But because of the questions I've been getting at the podcast, I decided to go ahead and change the format of that a little bit. And so you're going to get this time, you're going to get the whole month in one fell swoop. So you'll get the whole month of study along with your scripture writing challenge. And we're going to be focusing for the month of March on the traits, five traits in particular of false teachers. Uh, this is something we've been, we talk about quite a bit at MomStrong International and certainly when I'm speaking uh, out on the speaker circuit and at the MomStrong conference. And I wanted to let you know, we, we're, he- we're hearing you. And so we're taking you a little bit deeper uh, into the study of how can we determine what's false teaching and what isn't. So if you haven't joined MomStrong International yet, now is a phenomenal time to do that. And uh, I just want to encourage you, if you're encouraged by what we do here at the podcast, and you want to go a little a little bit deeper into God's word with us, not only is it going to be really good for your soul and your spirit and encouragement as you raise your children to love and follow the Lord, but it also is a great way that you can support the ministry uh, that is the Heidi St. John podcast and MomStrong International just by becoming a subscriber, uh, either monthly or annually. That will be a huge blessing to us. The, uh, the scripture writing challenge remains free of charge, and all you got to do is register for a free account at momstronginternational.com. So here are just a few of the questions that I've been getting lately at the Busy Mom podcast. Um, how do you support a child when they're not doing the right thing? What are the guidelines for tough love? So that's one. Uh, here's the next one. When you as parents are on the threshold of the next realm of parenting, in other words, middle school or adolescence, what are some practical guidelines that we can follow in regards to how far we let the rope go and how much freedom and dependence we start off with? 
That's a great question. That came from a listener in New York. This says, what was the best way or what is the best way to equip our teens to interact with culture on gender issues and homosexuality, which really goes right into the next question. Uh, This comes from another listener in New Jersey, and she says, my child, age 13, feels there's nothing wrong with homosexuality and gay marriage and has a soft spot for this transgender thing because she knows people who are gay and has two friends who are, quote, questioning. She sees the person and ignores the sin, which worries me because it's becoming acceptable to her. All right. This is the struggle that this generation is facing. I've said this many times at the podcast, and I'm going to continue to say it. Uh, It's very clever on the part of the enemy to use something as tender as human sexuality to rope in a generation of uh, unprepared Christians. Because we weren't prepared for this, kind of like we weren't prepared for cell phones, right? We get a cell phone and we think, this is great. And 15 years later, we're addicted to our cell phones. Our kids are on their phones all the time. Parents don't know how to handle it because we've never been here before. And so we find that we lose ground and we're frustrated. And so I'm going to give you, if you've got a pencil, I'm going to give you four steps today for parenting your children in a culture that has largely rejected uh, well, not only the truth, uh, the truth of God's word, but just biology. We're denying our biology. My husband and I had a video. Uh, a video was sent to us this morning uh, that was taken recently at Portland State University here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, there were a couple of professors up at the front of the auditorium, and they were talking about gender differences. And this woman was very politely saying, "Men cannot lactate. Men and women are different. Women have." Uh, the fat deposits on women differently than it does on men. Women are different in height. Women are different in muscle mass from men. We are different. And several of the students got up and screamed fascist and stormed out. And it's this incredible, it's like a denial of reality. And this is the environment that our children are being raised in, whether you homeschool them or not. I mean, if, you, if you're homeschooling your kids, clearly they're not in it all day long like kids are, uh, particularly in the public school system. But I'll tell you what, it's everywhere. All you got to do is turn on the internet Uh, Look at the magazine covers when you're checking out at Walmart next time. We are living in a culture that is very, very confused. And so what can, what does a parent do? And where, you know, what is the, uh, the appropriate time to talk about these things with our children? How are we supposed to raise our children so that they know that they're loved, but they still know the truth of God's word? And so I'm going to read you a couple of verses from, uh, from the Bible. And then I'm going to give you four steps to navigating the culture when it comes to parenting children. First is that the Bible says that your children need training from the time that they're very little. And I think we're living in a generation right now that that's not a really popular thing to say. We want to let the kids do whatever they want. I talk to parents all the time who feel like their invasion, that they're invading into their children's privacy when they check their phones, when they look on their computers. And I'm just going to stop right now and say, you know, for, to the mom who told me she didn't feel like it was any of her business, you guys, if your children are in your home, it is all your business. It's all your business. Get on into their business. Get on up in their business. They need you in their business. And if they tell you they don't, that's even more proof that they need you in their business, which means you've got to engage. The Bible says that we are responsible for training our children from the time they are very little. Psalm 58 verse 3 says, even from birth, the wicked go astray. From the womb, they are wayward and speak lies. Genesis eight twenty one: the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and in his heart, and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all the living creatures as I've done. He's talking about, uh, he's talking about the flood. Uh, 
Next thing you need to know is it's our responsibility to teach God's absolute standard. In other words, we teach our children that God's word is truth. Second Timothy 3, verse 15, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus. We know that Timothy was instructed by his grandmother, Eunice, in God's word, and he was trained in righteousness from the time he was very little. That's why the Bible says, train them up when they're young. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 to 7 and verse 9, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Isaiah 53, verse 13, all your sons will be taught by the Lord and great will be your children's peace. You know, I think that's one of the things that's missing right now is peace. We're struggling with peace in the culture because we've walked away from the word of God. The Bible says that God's word is actually the basis for child training. So that's the first point. Uh, Number one in raising up your children in a culture and spiritual decline is that we as Christian mothers and fathers, we rely on God's word for guidance. We don't look anyplace else. We don't look to uh, a radio host. We don't look to me. You don't look to Heidi St. John. You look to the Bible. And when we have a question about what's happening in the culture, we want to look and see what does God say about this question that my child is asking. And so we rely on God's word. It's the basis for everything that we teach our children. Psalm 119 verses 9 to 11, which we just spoke about uh, at the last MomStrong conference, how can a young man keep his way pure? Well, here's the answer according to the Bible, by living according to your word. This is David. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. And a little bit down, uh, farther down in, in Psalm 119 and verse 105, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So parents, we want to rely on God's word for guidance. If you have a, a, the Bible is not silent on the issues that you're facing today. It's not even silent on a child who's willful and strong-willed or disobedient and rebellious. The Bible wants to give you, God said he gave you his word so that you would have life. His word is life. It helps us to stay on that narrow path. So that's the first thing, rely on God's word for guidance. The second thing is we want to tell our children the truth. Uh, this is difficult. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the mom. It, didn't, it seems like it didn't used to be so difficult, but it's certainly difficult uh, now in the time that we're living in. But I think it's only difficult because we're facing things, just like I was talking about the cell phone issue a minute ago, we're facing things that we're not used to facing that we haven't actually been, haven't actually had to deal with before. And this is largely because we are living in a culture that has abandoned the truth of God's word. So now we're questioning, well, first of all, we, we gave away the institution of marriage. Well, let me back up. We decided in our country that life no longer begins at conception. And so the abortion industry has run rampant. Our nation has decided that we know better than God, even though God said, I knew you, I knit you together in your mother's womb. Uh, he, you, the hairs on your head are counted. God knew your name before you ever took a breath outside of your mother. And we have in this country rejected that and instead legalized the, un, the, the murder, really, of the unborn. So that's the first thing. Then, So that's the Supreme Court doing that, what, uh, in 1971, somewhere in there, and, at Roe v. Wade. And then just a few years ago, we decided, you know what, we, we, we haven't quite gone far enough. Now we're going to say that God's definition of marriage is no longer relevant. And so we've, we abandoned 
God's clear instruction. God said in Genesis, for this reason, a man should leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two would become one flesh. He said, I created you male and female in my image. So we decided, oh, God's God's uh, teaching on marriage is sort of antiquated. Uh, many of you have heard me teach and using uh, former Pastor Rob Bell as an example, where he said uh, very famously on Oprah Winfrey's uh, Soul Saturday or Soul Sunday, whatever that show is that she does, uh, that Christians are evolving in their stance on this. But he goes on to say that as soon as we recognize that these letters from 2,000 years ago are no longer relevant, we will then become relevant. Men and women, uh, that is false teaching. And that's why I'm devoting the entire month of March to it. (laughs) We need to be able to discern the truth from a lie. And the first way you're going to know is if someone no longer uses God's word, especially if a Christian no longer uses God's word uh, to back up their opinion or their point of view. Truth always trumps emotions. Truth Truth always trumps emotions. And what's happening in the culture right now is that we are no longer telling our children the truth. We're sacrificing truth on the altar of a misguided mercy. And we cannot keep doing that with our children. We need to tell them the truth. And so when your children come to you, uh, I think particularly of this question, this woman is saying, you know, her her son, where'd it go? Let me find it. Her son has, she says, a soft spot for his transgender friend. So I want to address that really quickly because you should have a soft spot. The soft spot's not what's wrong. We should have a soft spot, right? God said uh, that he, in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that no one should perish, that we would have everlasting life. God loves uh, human beings. He loves people. He loves his creation. And so that soft spot that your son has for his friends who are questioning their gender is not a bad thing. What you want to do is encourage him. First, you tell him the truth. You, you say, you know what? That love inside of you is good. God gave us that love. We are called to love other people. The Bible says that they'll know we are Christians by our love for one another. And so we want to be we want to be loving, but we don't want to sacrifice truth on the altar of love. We don't sacrifice truth on the altar of mercy, and we don't let our emotions govern truth. Truth is absolute. There is such a thing as absolute truth, which is another thing the culture has decided that truth is relative, which is a whole other podcast. But we tell our children the truth, and then we say, let's see what the Bible says. God said, I created you male and female, and we can show our children basic biology, that men and women are different and that we were created in God's image to be different. And that's not bad. This idea that um, this generation is tired of the, you know, quote, binary, uh, this male and female, we're just so tired of it. I heard a woman uh, the other day on television saying she was, she thinks uh, people who are offended by the word man means that we should, we should erase that from uh, the vernacular. We should just get rid of it from our language. And can I just say, uh, this is insanity. This is lunacy. You can love and tell the truth. And in fact, in the Bible, we are commanded to do so. We are commanded to tell the truth, but to speak the truth in love. The Bible says if we don't speak the truth in love, then we sound like a gong and our words can't be heard. And we don't want to cause discouragement with our children. We want to encourage them and build them up, but but we don't do that by sacrificing truth on the altar of mercy. So that was the second one. First one, rely on God's word for guidance. Second one, tell the truth. Here's a third one, set up fences. So, so many of the questions I'm getting are, what do I do about my children's cell phone? What do I do with my child's disobeying me? First thing you want to do is go to the Lord in prayer. Say, Father, what is it that that I need to do to change? If you're doing something with your children right now that is 
giving them more opportunity to be disobedient, more opportunity to be disrespectful, if you're not correcting your children, then you need to go back to the, to the Lord and say, Father, help me to make a course correction. It's not too late to make a course correction. And I have had to do that with uh, with my children. My husband and I have had to do that many times over the years uh, with the seven children that we have been raising for uh, 27 years. And we've had to go back to them and say, you know, we, we made a mistake and we're very sorry. And we have to listen to the Lord. And God says that it's our responsibility to train you. And so we begin to set up fences. So some of you need to set up fences with your social media. Some of you need to set fences up with regard to um, curfew for your older children. Some of you need to set a fence up with regard to how your children are speaking to you. And we set up those fences. And I always tell, you know, Jay and I have always, we always tell people, we look at them as um, movable fences. So, and eventually we move them off our property, right? Because our children grow up and they move out and we no longer use those fences. But while our children are in uh, our care, we are always watching to see how can we keep them safe? How can we get them to adulthood with as few regrets as possible and able to um, interact with the people around them in a way that pleases the Lord and will be good for them and for their heart and their spirit? And we do that through setting up fences. And I want to encourage you, some of you are going to err on the side of legalism and you're going to set up a fence where you don't need a fence. In other words, you're going to set up a fence because you fear something might happen, but your child hasn't, you know, for example, you have a child who you think is going to be disrespectful. And so you become suddenly very harsh in the way that they speak to you. And uh, your child hasn't, they haven't done anything to do that. Colossians 3.21 says, fathers, don't embitter your children or they'll become discouraged. Ephesians 6, verse 4, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And so we need God's guidance as to where those fences need to be set up. Uh, and then the fourth thing is to just love, love, love. We want to love our kids like crazy. We want them to know no matter what happens, even if they make a wrong decision, we will love them. Will we support them in that wrong decision? No. I had someone ask me the other day in a rather harsh way <laughs> if I would be, she basically said, look, I hope I hope this happens to you because she's hurting. She's a mom who's hurting. She has a child who has uh, decided for whatever reason uh, that uh, he is in favor of homosexuality. And so he's bringing, uh, he wants to bring his partner home to his mom and, and have her embrace that relationship. So here, here's the difficult thing. I mean, this, this is the culture in which we find ourselves right now. We need to learn to love without sacrificing truth on the altar of mercy. And so this woman said, I hope this happens to you. And if it does, let me know what you do, because I think you'll end up going to that child's wedding, that homosexual wedding. And I said, you know what? First of all, um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I hope it actually doesn't happen to me. <laughs> I got enough going on in my life right now that I hope this isn't a, a a problem that we end up having to deal with with our own children. But I tell you what, if we do, we have to do exactly what I said, which was the first point, go back to God's word for guidance. If my child said to me, hey, mom, I'm going to start shooting heroin and uh, I'm going to have a heroin shooting party. You want to come over and, and uh, celebrate me shooting heroin? Well, no, of course I wouldn't do that. Why? Because I know that eventually that child's decision to shoot heroin is going to result in suffering for them. And the same thing is true if they make a decision to walk in homosexuality. I would never celebrate that, never go to a wedding that would celebrate something like that. Why? Because God says that eventually that behavior is going to bring with it suffering and judgment. And that is not something to be celebrated. That is something to be prayed over and uh, something that we take before the Lord in prayer. And so 
even as we wrestle through these issues, even as we struggle to to figure out, Lord, how do I tell the truth in love? How do I walk this out in a way that brings glory and honor to you? I, we want our kids to know that we love them, even as we struggle to navigate the cultural waters that are all around us. We know that, A, God said, I've given you my spirit. I'm going to help you. And B, he said he will never leave us or forsake us. So these are this is so important as you uh, navigate the culture today with your kids. Let them know that you love them. Take them out for ice cream. Um, put down your phone, for goodness sake. Uh, we've got to be able to engage our children in a way that brings honor and glory to the Lord. And I'm I'm here to tell you, God's word is true. And he says that if you'll do these things, he will honor it. Train up your children in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. This is a promise from the word of God. And when God says something, you can take it to the bank. So I hope you guys have been encouraged today. Remember, tomorrow is March 1st. So hop on over to Mom Strong International. Now is a great time to get into our study. We're going to be studying five traits of false teachers through the entire month of March. If you would like to be a leader, you can also sign up to host your own MomStrong group, either in your church or in your home. And we have leader guides for you. So the questions that we're answering in the Bible study, um, we provided talking points and answers for those of you who are leading those groups in your homes and your churches. So we're excited to see what God's doing through the ministry of MomStrong International and really looking forward to seeing many of you uh, in the weeks to come. Before I leave real quick, I wanted to say uh, where I'm going to be So if you're wondering where uh, I'm going to be in the next couple of weeks, I will be on my way to teach them diligently in Nashville. So that will be the 8th, 9th, and 10th of March. And then I'll be teach them diligently in Rogers, Arkansas. So if you're anywhere in that uh, neck of the woods, come on out. I will be at every teach them diligently this year, except for the one in Ohio. I know. Sorry about that. But I was already booked. (laughs) So hope you guys have a great day. If you've got questions you'd like to see me answer over at the podcast, shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.